0: So, you know, uh, I don't I don't tell jokes from the pulpit hardly ever. Uh, sometimes I make a joke in regard to scripture. Nobody ever catches that much, but you know the old joke. And the guy goes to buy a mule, and uh, he's looking at it for some reason. They can't get right up there, and and he said, well. I told you he didn't look too good. He said, Well, I think he looks plenty good. So he paid the guy. The guy brought him by the next day. Uh, wasn't very far into the day, and the mule's running into everything. And the guy, This mule is blind. So he goes back and says, What do you do? You sold me a blind mule. The guy said, Hey, I told you he didn't look too good. Well, how you looking? How you looking this morning? I mean, we took a bath and put on our good clothes. How are you looking? I don't mean how do you appear outwardly. Uh, God doesn't put much store in that, does he? Didn't Jesus say that, John, about chapter 7, verse 24? Stop judging he's talking to the Pharisees and he said stop judging by mere appearances make a righteous judgment you judge by outward externals it's not it's not that you can't decide uh, which meal to buy or which horse to buy it's not that you can't decide looking uh, some things from looking but you've got to watch that We've got to watch and be careful that our eyes don't become our system of judgment. Our system of discernment. James has real practical ideas for us. Uh, Every time I would like us to turn over to chapter 3 to start with. I told you we're going to do some lessons from James. Uh, In chapter 3 verse 15... Anything to do with selfishness, bitter envy and selfishness, (coughs) that comes with an attachment. It's the world's wisdom. Excuse me. Anything to do with selfishness, (coughs) selfish ambition, those things. Verse 15 he said it gives you a wisdom but such wisdom it does not come down from heaven but it is earthly. It is earthly it is unspiritual, it is of the devil it is earthly, it is carnal Why? Well it has in mind those things that promote envy and selfish ambition. But Contrasting to the world's wisdom, contrasting to fleshly wisdom, contrasting to judging from mere appearances. We have verse 17. But wisdom that comes from heaven, wisdom that comes from above, God's wisdom. It's first of all pure, it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's, it's yielding, it's submissive, it's willing to obey. It's full of mercy. The wisdom from above is full of mercy. It's full of good fruit. It's impartial. It's impartial. It doesn't judge by mere outward appearances. It's impartial. And mine says, and it's sincere. I like without hypocrisy. You know, biggest complaint the world has against the church? It's full of, not termites, hypocrites. Hypocrites. Now, I've noticed that doesn't keep people out of Walmart or the grocery store or football stadiums or any of those things. Hypocrites don't, but that's their mark against church was full of hypocrites. Well, what he's going to tell us today, and, and that's my offering to you, is we're looking at James, and when you're studying James, chapter 3, verses really 13 through 18, but 15 and 17 specifically, <coughs> in my humble opinion. Everything in James points to that and comes out of that. Here's the here's the wisdom from above about how we face trials, chapter 1. How we're listening to God's word, chapter 1. And now today we're in chapter 2. Let's read together. Here's some heavenly wisdom. My brothers as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes in wearing a gold ring, comes into your assembly, wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a a poor man in shabby clothes comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes, and you say to him, Oh, here is a good seat for you. But to the poor man, you say... You stand over there, or you sit on the floor at my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts, evil motives? Are you kidding me? This is harsh language. I don't know if you're a fan of Mark Twain's stuff, but... You know, he said one time, it's not the things in Scripture I don't understand that bother me. He said, it's the things in Scripture I definitely do understand that bother me. Like it or not, James is right to the point about many things. But I don't know if he could be more deliberate and more specific. Have you not become judges among yourselves, judging with evil thoughts, evil motives listen my dear brothers has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him but you have insulted the poor is it not the rich who are exploiting you are they not the ones who are dragging you into court are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, favoritism is based on the outward physical appearance only. There's no consideration, there's no, there's no effort given to understanding Or caring. If you show favoritism, you sin, and you are convicted by the law as lawbreakers forever. Who, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point, is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, "Do not commit adultery," also said, "Do not murder." And if you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. The law of liberty. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Well, that was his point, wasn't it? He's talking about how people appear as they come dressed for the assembly. But it's deeper than that, isn't it? He's talking about how we look at them with our eyes. But this is an iceberg sermon. This is an iceberg passage. That means you see the tip up here, but the majority of it's down here, isn't it? And then let's take the principle involved. What's he, what's he doing? Well, it means what he says. says what he means. I know he meant what he said. I know he said what he meant. He's inspired by the Spirit. But you look with your eyes at a brother who come into the assembly, and he looks like he could be of advantage to you. He looks like he could help you. He looks like he would put a lot of money in the plate. He looks like it would be a good friend to have, I better treat him well. He said every bit of that comes from your own lust. Really? He said this is wickedness. This is ungodly, this is of the devil. Now there there's at least a shirt pocket full of things that you just will not do. Maybe there's a coat pocket full of things that you just will not do. I don't care what somebody finds you doing, there's a few things they're not gonna find you doing. I suggest we add this to the list. Because there's no way out of this deal. There's no way out of this deal. I think it's an appeal to us to understand the nature of our flesh. The nature of our flesh is to look at people. And I'm not just talking about, you're going to have to take this beyond the principle of Sunday morning assembly. I know he said assembly. I didn't look in the Greek. I think it's probably in the Greek, but that's the point. Comes in among you. I understand that. But there's a, that's just The tip. The point is, how do you look at people in general? Are you looking good? I don't mean your outward appearance. I mean, how are we looking at things? How are we looking at people? I've heard about more than one, but I've had fairly close connection uh, to a brother who was undercover cop for several years, undercover policeman. And he looked like the people. He looked like the people. The gang members and the drug dealers and the dealers in human trafficking. He looked like those people. It was his job to look like those people. But he's a member of the Lord's Church. Well, he was removed from his family in much of his career as an undercover policeman. He's not even in the same state. But he's a member of the Lord's church. So guess where he's going on Sunday? He said, let me tell you the difference in how people look at you. Because whether he's in church or at the grocery store, he's got to be in character all the time. so then this brings me to think about how do I look how do I am I looking good not just about people but about things also but especially about people because that's what he uses you know what Job said in chapter 31 in one of his discourses, chapter 31 and verse 1, and he said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully upon any girl. Really, Job? Really? Really? In a discussion about your life and your devotion and your commitment to God, you're bringing up about yourself, Job, how you look at people? Yes, sir, I am. And I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a woman, a girl, he said. I don't know why he said girl but he didn't mean a boy he said I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a girl and say oh look how you could benefit me look how you could suit me look how you could advantage me that's of the flesh that's just lust it's what James said Depending on your translation of the wisdom that comes from the world, it's sensual. It has to do with the senses what you see, smell, touch, taste, hear, those things. That's worldly wisdom. We need to have eyes that are redeemed. We need to have eyes that look good. We need to have eyes that look for opportunity to serve and to love and to help. We need to have eyes that look more than just that outward appearance. We don't need to look upon people as what can they do for me. That's selfish ambition. We had to have eyes that look toward people and say, Oh my goodness, what could I do for them? That's the heart and the attitude of a humble servant. I hope this is touching us because this 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 has impacted me. I've thought about this deeply and I've let it be I've let it be an iceberg passage. And for years, I've just seen the tip of it up here. And I've just, I've just tried to do that amongst the Assembly of the Saints. And if I see anybody in the Assembly of the Saints that has long hair, earrings, beard, and gang stuff on, I always try to speak to them and be kind to them because I think they might be one of those uh, people we're praying for every Sunday that's trying to protect us and serve us. Every now and then you find a saint doing that, for some unbeknownst reason to me. Here's what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is not somebody that makes mistakes. As he said, this, this judging is hypocritical. And that we're supposed to be without hypocrisy. A hypocrite is not somebody who is against something and then turns around and does some portion of that. In other words, when, when, when I'm against lying and I turn around and fib to somebody about something, or even if I lied to them on purpose about something, that doesn't make me a hypocrite. That's not a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody who says they are absolutely against lying and they never have any intention whatsoever to stop lying. That's a hypocrite. A hypocrite is someone who pretends to be someone that they never have any intention to be. That's why it comes originally from the stage with actors. Actors. And they were hypocrites, and they carried these masks, and their mask was of whatever character they were playing. They never had any ambition in life to be that character. They're just playing like that. Do we intend for God's mercy to, to be ours? Do we intend and do we desire, and do we admit and confess because we just had a supper? We just took a supper that said we are for God's mercy. We, we intend to have God's mercy. We desire to keep receiving God's mercy. And we long for it. I'm just asking us if we intend to show it. If we do, we've got to watch how we're looking. We've got to watch how we're looking. those things are bound up. Maybe it tells us more about ourselves than we want to hear. Maybe that's the reason it's in this book. And I'm not talking about do we make mistakes in this. I'm talking about do we intend to do this. I'm not talking about occasionally do you withhold mercy. I'm talking about do you never intend to show mercy We just sang a song about those who overcome to the end and God will clothe them. Is that not what God did for us? Were we not pitiful, wretched, blind, naked, and poor? Did did we not appear that way? Were we not that way to God and yet he washed us and he cleansed us and he clothed us? Didn't he? By his mercy, didn't he do that? do we have any intention of affording that to other people i think this scripture is just reminding us if that's not in your intention you better stop it right now and that better start being our intention god help us to hear this god help us to implement it because somewhere some way somehow this is part of our transformation As God's people, this is part of God's purpose being fulfilled in us. This is part of God's call to us. And it is a very sobering call. Because he says, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives liberty, that gives freedom. So we should expect in Jesus Christ, we should expect God's mercy. Why? Not because we deserve it, because God promised it. If we're in Jesus Christ and we don't expect God's mercy, then that tells us a lot about what we really think about God. God keeps his promise. You might break yours, God keeps his Because judgment without mercy, if if that doesn't sober us up, we don't have ears to hear. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father in heaven, we love you for who you are, for being the God who saw us in our wretched, filthy, pitiful condition. And yet you washed us clean and you clothed us with your son, Jesus Christ. For all of us who were baptized into him, Father, have been clothed with him. That's a fact, and you stated as such. We need, Father, to realize that you judged our condition not by outward and physical appearance. You judged it by your power, your your mercy, your grace, and your purpose. You wanted us, Father, to be benefited by what Jesus has done for us. And you want, Father, for us to live out of that. You want us to see other people as you saw us. As little individual opportunities to be changed and ruled and reigned by the love of God in Christ Jesus. Help us to stop looking, Father, selfishly. By any kind of carnal lust. Lust for money or importance or credit or or. Anything, Help us to start looking, Father, by love. Help us to look to serve and encourage, not to manipulate, not to promote our own lust. Help us, Father, to see others as you saw us in the view of mercy. Help us to live, Father, transformed lives in the view of your mercy toward us. We thank you for this mercy. We pray that we consider it and that it empowers us, Father, to see other people as you see them. Love us and bless us, Father. Forgive us and guide us in ways that glorify you, in ways that accomplish your purpose in this world and in this place. It's through Jesus who died for us. We pray these things now. Amen. God Almighty.